Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, if you would please tonight. It is an honor to be here. I told the chapel today, I have had just a blast, preacher. Enjoy the chapel messages, enjoy chapel, enjoy the music tonight. Boy, don't you love the music of God's people? I agree that we should get a tour bus and go on the road. That was amazing this evening. I owe a great gratitude to so many in this room. I owe a great gratitude uh, to you, Brother Gray, for the influence of my life. Brother Moore, where are you, Brother Moore? Thank you for many years. And Brother Sisk. And I will never, ever, I called my dad today, 82 years of age, and I, when I'm around these men, I thank them for influencing my life. None of us would be where we're at today if it were not for the next generation ahead of us, and I'm grateful for these men. I'm grateful to this place. It's influenced my life. It influenced my boys for Christ. They graduated from here. It gifted us with Teresa. Uh, we love her on most days, all right? And not only did, did it not only did it gift us with Teresa, but y'all kept Brother Poncho, and I'm so happy about that, amen? Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 8, if you're able to stand with me for the reading of God's Word, I would invite you to do so. We'll read the first six verses in a few moments. These are probably, perhaps, two chapters that are, that are probably used in every missions conference that I was at growing up, but God led me, oh, we're going to lay a foundation this evening. And the messages, if God will allow me to, are going to build on each other. Don't miss an evening. They're all going to build a foundation, and I'm asking God to do a work that I cannot do. I know who I am at the end of the day, and without the Holy Spirit helping us, this is a wasted time. And I've asked Him to help me to deliver this truth. Father, tonight as we open up the Word of God, Holy Spirit of God, I've asked You for weeks now that You would help me, fill me with Your Spirit, calm my mind and calm my speech, and I pray that you would deliver tonight with myself and also Brother Sisk in a few moments exactly what this church needs and what we need. Would you rest upon this preacher? Would you anoint everything? In Jesus' name, amen. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit, Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. By the way, the only time that in my opinion that the word liberal is good, isn't it? They were liberal givers. For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were, what's that word say with me? They were willing of themselves. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And this they did. Not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Please be seated. I'll read the rest of the chapter in just a few moments. But I want to look at three different thoughts as we lay a foundation. I will not be long, and I'll give Brother Sis more time than myself, but I want to give us three thoughts. They're simple. Of a church that Paul sends Timothy to remind this church 
And he uses these churches of Macedonia as a model church. And, and I'll show in just a few moments. We, they, they are not churches we would think that they would be model churches, but they were. Because God's word said that they were, first of all, they were willing. In verse number 5, and this they did. And let's keep reading in verse number 7. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance, in knowledge and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye burdened, but by inequality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. And then a reminder, as it is written, He that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. But thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into your hearts of Titus for you. Skip down to chapter 9 and verse number 5. We're almost done reading scripture, then we'll get into the message. Therefore, chapter 9, verse 5, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man According as he purposeth, so let him, excuse me, in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. By the way, once you, once you grab a hold of giving, Pastor Gray said more in 10 minutes in chapel than all of us did. Once you learn the joy of giving, it truly is a joy to write that check out. It's a joy because it's exciting to see what God's going to do. Verse number eight, and God is able. To make all grace abound towards you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he that he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both ministereth bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. As we think of missions, as I lay a groundwork tonight, as I think of missions, these are two chapters that teach us an example of giving. It's a church of Macedonia that, as Paul says, they were a model church on giving. An unusual description. They were in a great trial of affliction. They were in deep poverty. I'm not sure about you, but there's so many things in the Word of God that they, they are polar opposite of the world, aren't they? We probably would not look at this church to say, church, I want you to follow their pattern on giving, but Paul did. 
They were under great trial. They were in deep poverty, and, but yet they had abundance of joy. And this joy described this church as giving riches to their liberality. They gave. This is convicting to me. Not only to their power, but they gave beyond their power. I want to ask us all tonight, myself included, so many times we give calculated, and we ought to give calculated as God lays upon our heart, but when is the last time that we gave beyond our power? Something that made no sense. Money that you didn't have. Knowing a need was looming in the future and knowing that God was going to take care of it, but God said, I want you to give for this need. That's beyond their power. And this produced joy. Paul sends Timothy with the recipe. He says, Timothy, I want you to remind this, I want you to remind this church to give. Tonight, as we lay a groundwork on missions, what made this Macedonian church a model church? These are simple reminders. But they first gave themselves to the Lord. You'll hear this word a lot over the next three or four nights. Because every message is built upon this one word. Surrender. Surrender. There was a time in Mark David Bentley's life when I had to give everything to him. Everything. My heart, my future, my occupation as a pastor, but that also included my money. Friend, tonight, if God has everything of you, it will be no problem for you to give as he says to give. They were willing of themselves. That means this, of their own accord. Voluntarily. Not out of pressure. Not to be noticed by others, but they were willing of themselves to give. Nobody had to plead and prod and give moving videos, and I praise God for those. They open up my eyes to the world that sometimes I get tunnel vision, but they didn't need any of that. They just, something inside of them, they just said, you know what? We're willing to give to whatever needs, not only to our power, but beyond our power. They were willing. And then verse 5, and this they did. And then 3, there was a readiness to will. Which means this, they completed it. My testimony on giving, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here, but there were so many times in my early years before God really got a hold of my heart that I'm just a steward of it. it it's all His. It's all His. God, gave you, God gives the power to get wealth. He owns it all. All three steps are given. Willingness. And I would imagine here tonight that if we were to go across this crowd that everybody's willing. Praise God for that. That's the first step. Preacher, I'm willing. I'm willing. 
I'm willing to open up a heart and say, Lord, I've got the faith promise card. I got it in chapel this morning, and I'm praying already what you're going to lay upon my heart, and it may surprise you. But then the second step is probably the hardest one. And this they what? And this they did. It's the doing of it. My early years of marriage, I'm ashamed to admit it now. Every missions conference, I was willing. Every one of them, I would, and I would fill out a, a faith promise card. Then there were a few weeks that I would do it. But the third step tonight is there was a readiness to will. They said, you know what, we are, we are going to complete it. For the next 12 months, however long your faith promise is, for the next 12 months, I'm committed. Willing, praise the Lord. This they did, important. But they had a readiness to will. Because I promise you, once you are willing and once you commit to give, next is going to be the test. Lord, okay, you impressed upon my heart this amount to give. You're in month two or three, and all of a sudden, unexpected bills come in. Paul reminds Timothy, we do you to wit. Corinthian church, take note of the grace of God in giving, God's economy. I'm sending Timothy to remind you. Finish this grace also. Church of Corinth, as ye abound in everything, as ye abound in faith, as ye abound in utterance, as ye abound in knowledge, as ye abound in diligence, as ye abound in love, see that ye abound in this grace also. And then a reminder. He that had gathered much had nothing over. And he that had gathered little had no lack. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Tonight as I build a foundation for missions, as I think of missions, missions is simply stewardship. It is stewardship of our time. Stewardship of our talents. Stewardship of our treasure. Stewardship. It's stewardship where God calls some to go to the foreign field. That's stewardship of their talents. Yet stewardship is all about the word surrender. And surrender is coming to the place, to the point of our life where we surrender everything back to him. Everything. Everything. How I praise God for that moment in my life. I've lived both worlds. I've lived the world of robbing God by not tithing as I ought to. I've lived the world of not giving to missions. And finally, at some point in my journey as a newly married man, God got a hold of my heart. And I said, you know what, God, I'm going to have a readiness to will and I'm going to trust you. Amen. And as I look back over my life, I'm astounded. 
I'm astounded at what God could do. I was talking with one of my boys the other day. I'm not sure why we got off on the subject. But we were talking about those, those, new, those new early stages of marriage and they're some of the leanest times of life. And my son said, Dad, how, how did you pay for everything with four kids as an assistant pastor? And I said, I mentioned my son's name and I said, let me tell you what my salary was. He was speechless. He said, Dad. I said, he said, how? I said, because there was a moment in my life when I surrendered everything to God. And I told my son, I said, all those things I mentioned, all the things that he experienced our family had growing up. I said, all those things, all, <laughs> the only reason is God. Tonight, are you willing? That's the first step. Willing. Step number two is the doing of it. Practicality. It's what we heard in chapel, the Acts of the Apostles. Okay, Lord, I'm willing. Then God lays upon your heart a figure that may scare you, but he lays upon your heart a figure, and then you say, Lord, I'm committed. Then the second step is after payday. Saying, Lord, I'm not sure how you're going to do it, but I'm going I'm to trust you that you are going to do it. And then the, th the third step of missions giving is, Lord, I'm committed. I'm committed. It's all yours. You're the one that gave me the figure. You're the one that owns it all anyway, and you're, you can do greater with, with my 80%, 90% than I could have ever dreamed possible with my 100%. So, Lord, over the next year, I'm committed. And, friend, I promise you, I promise you, once you take the step of faith and once you commit yourself to give for that first full year and you commit to give what God lays upon your heart, I promise you, you will never look back. And each year that you give, you'll say, Lord, I want to increase it this year. Because we know in our minds that that increase, God's just going to dump out more bucket loads of blessings and allow us to do more for the cause of Christ than we could have ever imagined. Every year when our family, when my wife and I get our giving records from church, and I've often had this thought, we give week after week after week after week whatever, what God has showed us to give, tithe, 10% of off the gross, it's God's. Then offering, over and above the tithe, and then missions. And every year when I get my giving statement, usually without fail, I'll call my wife and I'll say, honey, who by the way prints off the giving records, can you believe what we are can you believe what God allowed us to give? And friend, can I be so bold tonight to say that that should be the testimony of every Christian? You're blown away. You're stunned. 
But then as you look back over your life, you're not surprised because you say, God, you have been so good to me. I called my dad this afternoon, 82 years of age. My pastor my whole life, my pastor after married life until 2019 when we transitioned. And I've talked to our treasurer at length about this, who's been our treasurer since the 1980s. He's one of our deacons, a godly man, Brother Rich Kelso. Newly into the pastorate, Brother Rich Kelso, deacon, treasurer, said, Pastor, I want to share, you a share with you a story. And I confirmed it with my dad this afternoon. 1976, my dad went there to pastor a group of, of I think, about 18 people meeting in a house. He had to work a job, barely made ends meet as a church, and my dad said for the first time, he said he realized our church could do so much more for missions, so he assembled some veteran missionaries in 1983, and I remember that missions conference like it were yesterday. I was a 13-year-old boy. The place was electric, our first missions conference. At that last night of the close of the faith promise, the first night that our church rolled out faith promise giving... Here's our treasure on the front of the platform with an adding machine, adding up all of the cards. Real time, it was so cool. I could hear it going off. And I remember as a boy laying, laying on that front row, he rips off the tape and gives it to my dad. And my dad says, he says, I wish I would have written that number down. But my dad said he looked at that figure and he was stunned at how much. And my dad this afternoon said, son, he said, I'll be honest with you. He said, in my mind, I thought to myself, well, that's great. We'll be able to pull this off for about two or three months, and then our church is going to be bankrupt. That was his thought. Because the, the number was more than we had coming in at the time for ties. But if you talk to our treasurer tonight, if he were here, he could tell you the story real time. He said, Pastor Mark, let me tell you the neatest story. He said, every Sunday night after church, as we would count the offering, 1978, 1979, 1980, he said, he said every Sunday night, as I brought the offering in the bank, bag to the bank, I also had in my hand a stack of bills, and he said, I always worried that if the bills got cashed first, then they would bounce, because we didn't have the money to cover it if the offering didn't make it in time. But he said, in 1983, an amazing thing started happening. I noticed for the first time, after faith promise, after the missions conference, he said, I noticed for the first time that the ledger on our general account began to grow. And began to grow, and began to grow. And he said, it was the first time when we had more than enough money to cover the bills. And he said, God just began to open up the bucket loads of blessings. Tonight, as we begin our journey, we must first give ourselves to the Lord. And by the way, as they have sung this evening, if we truly get a taste of what He's done for us, that'll be easy to do. But I want to ask us three questions. I want to ask you three questions. Do you have a willing mind are you at least willing 
Are you at least willing to trust the Lord with tithe and offering? And then maybe for the first time say, Lord, you know my situation, but I am willing. I'm willing. That's good. Question number two, would you be willing to do, to give? And question number three, would you seek a readiness to will to be committed? Tonight, are you abounding in faith, in knowledge, in diligence, in love? Wonderful, wonderful. But see that ye abound in this grace also. Missions is stewardship. It is stewardship of our time, of our talents, of our treasure. Stewardship is all about surrender. It is surrender of our time, our talents, and our treasure. And surrender is simply stepping out on faith and saying, Lord, It's all yours anyway. Show me. Show me. What can we learn from a church under great trial? Deep poverty. They had joy. Nobody had to prompt them. Nobody had to remind them. Nobody had to try to move them with emotional things, but they were willing of themselves to say, you know what, please, please, because they knew that if they did, God would meet their needs as well. All of us tonight, from the youngest to the oldest, should be astounded at how much we're willing to give back to Him. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's Word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.